Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, Kansas City, former Kansas City Chiefs lineman Joe Valerio and I discussed the Chiefs' Sunday night football victory against the Buccaneers and preview the Monday night football game against the Raiders. Joe, there was so much talk, and rightfully so, about Patrick Mahomes' wizardry against the Bucs that I think it overlooks the real story of the game. The running game, the Chiefs ran the ball 37 times for 189 yards. That's a 5.1 average while limiting the Bucks to three rushing yards. Three rushing yeah. yards. I mean, that's the game right there. That really, that really is, right? You know, you know me, Jeff. I love to look <laughs> at the box scores and I love to analyze things in sort of a laboratory as opposed to, you know, being tainted by the emotion of a game, right? And mm-hmm. and I like to go back and look and just kind of really analyze the the data and the stats and things and that is something that really, really jumped out. I mean, that's the first thing. And I'll tell you, and here's and here's where in the rushing game, what where it made me most happy and brought a smile to my face. The longest rush we had was Clyde had that 20 yarder, right? Mm-hmm. But his average was four point eight. Isaiah only had a nine yard long rush. His average was five point seven. You can't really throw Patrick in because of the scrambles and stuff. Right. I mean, he averaged eight and a half yards. He had an eleven-yard run, but it's it throws things off a little bit. Those two guys, with with you know, didn't get their average per rush thrown off by like a you know yeah. a botched play by the a defense. lot of chunks. You had a lot of chunks, and that's that's what makes a lineman happy, and that's what should make an offensive coordinator happy, and that's what should make the fans happy. I know it's not always the sexiest thing when a team just you know we call it ground and pounds, but. You know, it, it is it's what separates, man, and it's what's gonna separate this team from the pack when things don't, you know, don't always go right for the quarterback. You know, Patrick's not gonna have a night like he had the other night with all the magic and the wizardry every night. You just mm-hmm. have to you have to appreciate that about the quarterback position. But if you have if you can go to that running game like that, that's what's gonna, you know, really seal the deal for this team and and put them and I'll tell you what it is, Jeff. I've been I've been batting this around in my brain trying to think what what was different yeah you know, what's going right, like you right. could say what well, was the line play i mean the line played well they did they were coming together i was watching their double teams they were they were pushing people around to me it's the competition right now between clyde and isaiah that's what, if i were really? to say if i were to pinpoint something on it i saw some tweets that i loved i wrote it down because i was like i got it i got to remember that People were saying that Isaiah Pacheco is running like it's the last play of his career mm-hmm. on every play, and it's what that's what it looks like. It just oh, literally much looks younger like, legs, the the legs of a rookie, but the attitude that his career is could be could be over right there. And I love that. I love that he is hurting the ground when he runs, and and I'm telling you, I think it's pushing Clyde. I really do. I, I think it's. It's pushing Clyde to get back to some of the tough runs that he we saw in him earlier on in his career as well. Not that he's super old, but in those very early parts of his career where you know he was going for that extra yard. Um, I'm telling you, I, I I I think it's the competition between those two that's really driving their play, and I'm loving it because that's what you need. And and I know that Andy, you know, tried to do that with some positions this year. 
you know, he tried to create some of that competition. He did it at right tackle, you know, Andrew Wiley earned the job. And now I think he's trying to do it at running back and, and it's working because those two guys are running like the cameras are on them. And, you know, they're going to be sitting in the meeting room on, you know, Monday talking about it and watching it with their teammates. And they all, they both want to look really good for the coaches and their, and their team. So I'm telling you, I think that's pushing those guys just to, to new limits, which I'm loving because the line, you know, the line played great. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from, from their technique and, and, and the chemistry and the coming together. Um, but they didn't play like that much better than they had been playing. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm really thinking it's the competition between those two guys. That Joe, that's fascinating to hear. So you really didn't see, you know, cause you were, you were, uh, rightfully so concerned about the positioning of the linemen that, and that that was kind of mucking up the running game. You didn't, you didn't see that much of a difference is really in the, in the running backs, just running so hard. Yeah. They're running hard. And well, I think what it's doing is it's, it's creating a, a, a sort of like this, this vicious circle, right. Where, where, where it's, 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 you know, the, the, um, the, the running backs are running so hard. The line is starting to push more. I did. I do. With all due respect to the line, I did see a lot more push from them, and I saw a lot more of their hips together and moving the line of scrimmage as opposed to, like, remember we were talking about butt blocking and position mm-hmm. blocking on the last pod, or at least the one before we, we had Tim Grunhardt on. But, the you know, I, I saw a lot less of that out of them. I mean, you know, they, they, they're they definitely working together to move the line of scrimmage forward as opposed to trying to position um, and that's helping. So, but you know, but what I think is, I think what's happening is, I think it's all feeding off of itself, and it's all feeding. They're feeding off each other. The way the running backs are running, the way the lines blocking, and it's just like it's creating this this force that that is moving. You know, the line of scrimmage, and and that's what you want to see. It just you see what it does. Like just mm-hmm. you know, you see the commitment to the run and what it does to linebackers. And, you know, you saw when Patrick was pressing the line of scrimmage and how the linebackers were coming up. And, you know, you saw when, when um, Clyde and Isaiah were just pounding yards and the line was pounding, the linebackers have to come up. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, Travis hits him with a screen. He hits him with a little dink and dunk. And it just, I'm telling you, if they can continue down that road, you know, I don't care about the fact that Patrick Mahomes didn't have as many yards as Tom Brady. I mean, my God, I don't know what it is about the media this year. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, it's just something about, you know, they're just trying to find whatever they can wrong with Patrick. That, you know, he he played amazing. You don't you don't have to throw for 350 yards to have an amazing game as a quarterback. You know, you have to play off your team. You got to feed off your team. You got to do call, make the right calls at the right time. Throw the ball in the ground. You know, when you don't have something. You know, he's just making really good decisions. And to me, that's the stuff that you can't. You know, okay, so Tom Brady threw for three hundred plus yards. Well, guess what? They couldn't get anything going in the running game. What else was he going to do? Right. <laughs> you know, so Mahomes clearly had a great game, and you know, everyone's talking about the. Um... The touchdown, of course, where he kind of pirouettes, avoids Devin White, who's a spectacular athlete, kind of spins around, hits, hits Clyde Edwards, Elaire for a touchdown. People forget that he almost did the same thing. I thought it was almost as spectacular. The Chiefs' second drive, they have a third and one. He avoids the sack of Carlton Davis, a good player, kind of spins out of it, hits Juju for Juju Smith-Schuster for a first down. I mean, both those play like if that touchdown play hadn't 
happened. I feel everyone would have been talking about that that other play. So really, um, yeah, really fantastic. And Joe, the the one thing, last thing I'll say about kind of the running game and stuff. This is a little bit of a flip of actually, you know, this is everyone talking about a rematch of Super Bowl Fifty Five. This is a little bit of um of a reverse that kind of a bizarro version of the Super Bowl. Like I thought the Bucks actually in that game kind of hammered the Chiefs with a running game. Um, you know, I, I know the big story of that was the pass rush on Mahomes and the offensive line. Oh no, but the Chiefs kind of, or excuse me, the Buccaneers in that game kind of wore down um, the 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 Chiefs with their running game. Fournette had a really good game. Ronald Jones even had some nice carries. This was the reverse. The I thought the Chiefs abandoned the running game way too early in that Super Bowl, put too much mm-hmm. pressure on Mahomes. That that kind of the Bucks com- completely abandoned uh, the running game. So just kind of interesting how it played out so differently. Yeah, I mean, six carries. I mean, you know, you got such a big dude like Fournette. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I know they were trying to utilize him out of the backfield a little bit, and he did have a decent, you know, he had that nice long catch and, you know, and run, and he he was definitely, they were definitely using him in ways you wouldn't expect to use a body like that. The guy is, he's a beast. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to only to only actually hand the ball off six times is crazy. I just, I can't believe they would just sort of like try to win it with Tom's arm. And, and, and I do, you know, I give, I give the Buccaneers line a lot of credit. I, I thought Tom was actually relatively well protected. I, I don't mm-hmm. think, I think he was, um, you know, they got after him a little bit. I mean, it, we had and five hits. It, from what I saw, Joe, the Bucks or excuse me, the Chiefs, blitzed a ton so i guess credit to the is that what you saw it seemed like they were constantly coming with with pressure maybe thinking that that bucks line with all the injuries would not hold up very well yeah and, and tom made a nice a couple nice plays i mean uh, he made a nice couple of moves out of the backfield he still has pretty decent feet for a guy in his mid 40s <laughs> um but you know i i thought their i thought their line did a good job i think really you know where where the chiefs won that game was basically, you know, at the line of scrimmage, you know, at the line of scrimmage and, and in, in what I would call the, the seven man box, right? Like the four, the four downs and the three linebackers. I mean, that's really where, you know, where they won the game. They didn't win it in the offensive backfield. You know, they didn't win it by sacking Tom Brady, like seven times, pull it, mm-hmm. you know, pull a Derek Thomas day where, you know, you get seven sacks in a game all by yourself. Um, you know, I just thought they won the game by just, really taking away, you know, that sort of the taking away the line of scrimmage, obviously, and, and forcing them to abandon the run, you know, the intermediate, you know, pass game. And, and they, you know, they made Tom Brady, you know, try to make plays, which he, you knew he was going to do, you know, they still, they still scored 31 points. I mean, wasn't, you know, it, while they, while they, you know, really shut them down in the run game. I mean, that's still, you know, there's definitely some things to learn from that game that, that that the Chiefs have to get into the video and they've got to get into the, you know, into the into the heads of these guys, you know, that they can't, you know, let's not let's not over celebrate this win. We, you know, offense is rolling back on track. Defense did an unbelievable job when they needed to. Obviously, we won in the special games area uh, with the yeah, turnover after, on the first after that play. Last game that really lost it. They, you're right. They, I mean, that was, you know, think about, yeah, they, the Colts. They start the game kind of, or not starting the game, but near the beginning of the game, muffing a punt. Uh, and this one, they they force a fumble to lead to a score. It's really, yeah, I mean that that's the difference right there. Yeah, it was, you know, so they they really, you know, it, it, they won in all three facets. But I would say, you know, the the what we let Tom Brady do, and okay, okay, he's Tom Brady, I get it, but you know, 
what we let him do, I think was, you know, we only sacked him once and, and, you know, we didn't really didn't force him to throw any picks, you know, that's Tom Brady, right? He's not, he's not going to throw a ton of interceptions and, you know, he found his spots when he needed to. I just think that, that they couldn't get anything going in the running game and that really hamstrung them to, to, to try to really force the ball, but, you know, definitely some things to learn from on defense, but all in all, man, it's so good to be talking about how well the defense plays right now and how well they're playing and how they've, you know, opened the season up in these first four games where, you know, we were always, you know, we were always, that was always our, we felt like that was our Achilles heel that you and right. I'd be talking about each week. Oh man, I hope the defense can stop this and do that. And they, you know, now they'd it's... eventually kind of get it together, but it it was never beginning of the season for the last three years. It was never like great early on. It would, it would right. coalesce later in the season. And we're through the Joe Valerio preseason now, right? September's <laughs> over. Like, we're and, October. And... I can stop saying, you know, September is the new preseason. We're over it. We're three and one <laughs> right where we want to be. We knew going in, granted whether, how it's turning out or not, you know, we knew that this was going to be an incredibly tough eight games. Everybody talked about it. The NFL record for, you know, historical, uh, you know, openings for, for an eight, first eight games. Pretty amazing that, that, that that's, we're, we're, we're right where we need to be. And, and, and we're, we're the chiefs are grooving right now. And, and I'm, I'm, just, I think fans should be really happy with where they are. The only downside, Joe, is everyone's favorite believe in Chiefs drinking game. They can no longer, when we say uh, September is the new preseason. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> it. That 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 game is over. But that's all right. I'll pop it in there every once in a while just to keep people on their toes. Well, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Joe Bet Online has the their early line is the Chiefs winning by seven um, against the Raiders on Monday night. What what do you is that kind of what you see? Nah, I mean I, I don't want to look. I don't want to pull the Homer card out. I mean, <laughs> look, the Chiefs are coming home for Monday night. They're three and one. They just beat the vaunted Bucks, right? They put Tom Brady in his place. Come on, this this this. That place is going to be rocking. Derek Carr is going to sound like I'm going to use the term I use, you know, uh, when people used to describe the Seattle Kingdom. It's going to be like he has a spaghetti pot on his head and people are hitting it with a metal spoon. That's how loud it's going to be in the quarterback's helmet on Monday night. And I don't see that. I don't know. I think that line's going to change as this week progresses. Um, I, I'm seeing this as a two touchdown win for the Chiefs. I, uh, you know, 14 point win you know, 35, 21, you know, type game where the chiefs put up some points like they did against the bucks. Um, you know, the Raiders are still going to be here to play. It's a, it's Raider week. It's still AFC West. Um, you know, they can still pull a, a, a trick or two out of their hats, but I, I just don't, you know, they got Josh Jacobs cause you don't know what he's, you know, he's a guy that's always scared you and I, right. 
Um, he's had good right. He's played the Chiefs well for sure. Yeah. So, you know, look, but I don't I still don't see it even being close like it was against the Bucks, you know, even that close. I I, I see it's a, 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 a sort of a, a an easy 14 point win, you know, where they're just kind of like you know, they jump out early and and they just get ahead of this team. I just don't I'm not seeing it, right? I'm just not feeling it right now with, you know, with looking at the way the way the, the, Raiders are playing, the, yeah. the Raiders are playing, the way the Raiders are playing, the way they've gone about it. Um, you know, I, I liked, you know, I thought the overtime game was gutsy uh, against the Cardinals. I thought they gutsed it out. You know, I mean, beating the Broncos. Okay. I'm just really, I'm really not impressed with the Broncos. So, no, you know, I, I, I just don't, I don't see it, Jeff. I don't know where they're coming up with that seven points unless they know something we don't know. But I see this as a definite touchdown, a two touchdown game. Joe, is there? This is going to sound crazy because we're talking Raider Week. We're talking Monday Night Football. This is a big deal. Is there any chance for a letdown? I know this sounds crazy, but the Bucks was such a big deal. This is the Bucks. You know, you got Tom Brady. It's Sunday Night Football. Most importantly, it's a rematch when they got whooped to the Super Bowl. So much there. And then you look the next week that they have the Buffalo Bills, which that's kind of we well you can look down the line that's the chiefs main competition in the AFC i mean the i i and that was such an epic game last year i mean that's going to be a huge game yeah no i know it's definitely it's a trap game you know it's a definite sandwich game right i mean especially given the fact of, of where the raiders are now if the mm-hmm. raiders were 4-0 and you know they had beat handily you know some of the teams that they played you know if they were coming in here um you know, just with a little bit more, I mean, I know that, that they're going to have some momentum beating the Broncos, but I just, you know, here's why I, here's why I think it won't be a trap game or a sandwich game or whatever you want to call it between, you know, piece of, it's like a piece of bologna between, you know, a nice Italian roll, right? <laughs> like, you know, you got the, the bucks on one side and, and the bills on the other. I'm hungry. Can you tell uh, we're recording this uh, in we're, the we're evening? We're recording this during dinner time. Uh, so listeners there, it's, it's understandable. In why case I... anybody was wondering, um, <laughs> but you know, if the chiefs have such a chip on their shoulder right now, I think the fans, the chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, everybody associated with Patrick Mahomes, just they have such a chip on their shoulder right now, um, just because of some of the disrespect and you know just it's all you see on social mm-hmm. media, right? Is just everybody's just railing on Patrick. The Chiefs aren't getting any respect, and it's just like from all the big pundits. And I just I don't I that's why I don't see it being a letdown game. I, again. If if the Chiefs were the Chiefs of two or three years ago, where they were rolling and everybody was pumping them up and everybody was Chiefs, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, I could see it. I just think this team, Andy's got them playing with such a chip on their shoulder right now, and Patrick is so fired up. Um, I can't, that's why I can't see it being a trap game because I just I just think they have too much going. Is it is it does it have all the makings of one? Absolutely. You know, like we said, sandwiched between a couple of big games, but I think it's number you throw in the fact that it's Raider week, it's Monday night. And I just, I just have a feeling that, that the chiefs are just going to be playing this way with a vengeance each and every week, no matter who, you know, no matter who's coming. Um, 
because I just think I just think I just think the disrespect that they feel like they're getting right now for a team that has done and achieved and accomplished what they have done. Um, you know, and I'm not that kind I'm not that kind of I was not that kind of player. I didn't I didn't like say, oh, you know, we get no respect. It's us against the world, mm-hmm. you know, and we were and Marty teams, Marty Schottenheimer teams were never like that. Um, but for some reason, there's take it's taken a turn on this team. And and I think again, I know I'm I'm belaboring this point, but I think it's it's taken this team to new levels now. Um, and they're they're gonna continue to earn the respect and feel like they have to earn the respect of the league and the fans and the pundits each and every week. So anyway, that was a really long answer to a really short question. Uh that's why I don't see it being a sandwich game, and that's why I see it being a, a two touchdown or a two score win for sure. You know, before the season, I, I looked at the schedule and I thought this would be a, a, a very tough game because you look at the Raiders, they were a playoff team last year. Uh, they added Devontae Adams, they added Chandler Jones um, to, uh, but they just have not looked good. Um, Derek Carr has not played well, six touchdowns, four interceptions, you know, 61.8% completion percentage. Back in the 90s, that would be, that would be good. In this day and age, that's that's really subpar. Um, and they have other weaknesses. Their offensive line, which several years ago used to be the strength of the team, is really a weakness. Um, the back end of their defense, uh, there's some holes there. Uh, Joe, I, I think you mentioned Josh Jacobs, which he's given the Chiefs problems uh, before. I, I think if you're looking for, again, I, I, I also see the Chiefs winning by a couple touchdowns, but if you're looking for keys to the game, I think he is one. He is a guy who could present uh, problems that he, again, he had 144 yards against uh, the Broncos. Kind of the first time they really unleashed him. Um, he's been, you know, uh, on the on the season, he, if you look before that, he had 57, 69, and 66 yards before that um, and hadn't reached the 20 carry barrier. That, if I'm... The Raiders, that's what I do. I try and slow it down, muck it up, and 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 really as good as the Chiefs run defense has been. Um, I so I kind of see that as 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 maybe the key to the game. If they can maybe get Jacobs going, slow it down, control possession. Um and the Chiefs running game is I was so impressed by it against that good Bucks defense. I think again, the running game on both sides. If the Chiefs can keep that going. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a contest. And if the Raiders can slow things down and kind of, you know, keep the Chiefs off the field, you know, maybe they can make it something. Yeah, I, I think another matchup to watch is probably, you know, our good friends uh, Andrew Wiley and Max Crosby, right? College oh, teammates. Good call. Good call. I think that's going to be one that I know I'm going to have my eyes on because, you know, that can be. I don't. I'm not going to say that's going to be a whole, a pivot point for the entire defensive game plan for, for the Raiders. But, you know, if, if, you know, if, if he can have, if Andrew can have a good game against Max, that's going to really shut things down. You know, if they can give Patrick time to do the things that he needs to do. um, I just, we just need to make sure that, you know, we don't let that matchup get, you know, Patrick, you know, freaking out and get him out of the pocket. Um, I, I, so that's one I know I'm definitely going to be watching. Plus the fact that they were college teammates and they know each other. That's always a, a fun thing to think about. Think about what those two guys are saying to each other, right? In the heat <laughs> of battle, right? After we, you know, we've been living with the, uh, you know, the Chris Jones, uh, 
you know, debacle with the Colts and like think about what two, think about what two guys who played against each other in college are talking about as they're beating the living heck out of each other. Um, you know, play after play, you know, 60, 70 plays in a game. So that that's going to be a fun one for me to watch. I just for 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 a lot of reasons, not just because it's a pivotal matchup, but I think just because of the fact that there's that history there, that would be really fun to see uh, you know, for like kind of bragging rights so that the uh people back at their uh, you know, at their schooler get a chance to talk about that one. I know that would be, that would be a fun one, but uh, yeah, I just, this game is, it's, you know, just don't want, don't want this fan base to lose Raider week. You know, I mean, it's, it's just for so long, it was the game and uh, it just feels, I don't know. I feel like it's slipping a little bit, Jeff. I just, I don't know. When, when they're, when they're, you know, one and three, um, and you know, I actually, I want the Raiders to be good. I think it's more fun when you have a, 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 a you know, a, a good foil on the Raiders. It's such a rivalry. Joe, great call on the Crosby Wiley thing, but you know, obviously not, not only just going to this, the same school, but that's, he's the, the Raiders best defensive player. Um, and, and Crosby has handled him, excuse me. Um, Wiley has handled Crosby mm-hmm. so well. Yeah. Um, Cause if you think, if, if you look at both, um, players you think of Crosby as you know he's the pro bowler you would think he has the edge but Wiley's really handled him last year um the other interesting part of that why he's such a focal point I looked at the Raiders and again I thought they were going to be a, a pretty good team this year Chandler Jones had 107 he has 107.5 sacks in his career just a really good player he's got none this year he has yeah. eight total tackles on the year he's he's really been kind of a disappointment which puts more emphasis you know, going into this match, I'm like, oh, you know, they can't concentrate on Crosby because they've got Jones, but it really mm-hmm. makes Crosby even more of a focal point. Which is good because I think it, it maybe give, um, you know, give Orlando Brown just maybe a little bit more confidence. I, you know, I've been watching him and, and the thing that I'm seeing when I watch him is, you know, it, it just seems like his feet are a, just a step behind, just a hair behind right now and i don't know whether he's nursing something because we don't know right you don't know what he's telling not telling the injury list before the colts game uh so yeah yeah, i mean i just there's something so if you're a fan and you you know you it's i know it's so hard to take your eyes off of like mahomes and kelsey sometimes because you just the magic Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen between those two and this this burgeoning receiving core that we have, right. That, that everybody's trying to find their way. And like, I think this, this past game against the bucks was a real showcase of what you can do with what I would call a diverse receiving core. Right. You know, that, 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 uh, that, that catch that uh, MVS made like kind of like over his back shoulder, right down the seam. And he kind of like contorted his body, made that beautiful throw, uh, made a beautiful catch from a beautiful throw by Patrick, but it was a little, it was, it was a tough catch. And like, they just have this, it's been a blast to watch that. And then of course you're going to want to watch how Clyde and Isaiah are competing for every yard. But if you do get a chance <laughs> to focus on the line a little bit, see, you know, for the listeners that are, are listening in, wa- watch Orlando Brown's feet. And you tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm missing something because it just seems like his feet are just a half a step behind. On it's both just like pass, pass blocking and run blocking. Both. Right? Yes, uh-huh. both. I just, there's something it's just, he's, he's just, like I said, he's just a split second behind. Um, 
and it's causing him to have to overcompensate in certain ways. And it's just, it's just what I've noticed. And look, is he's he's an all pro player. I get it. He's going to command a lot of money coming out of, you know, this contract with free agency and everything. And who am I to talk? But, you know, I just have, I have a, I have this little weird suspicious feeling or sinking feeling that something he's nursing something and he doesn't want to come out because he's at the end of this contract and he wants to make sure he stays on the field, but there's just a, just, you know, do me that favor as our listeners. Listen, watch, just watch Orlando on a few plays, key pivotal plays and see what you think. If you think his feet are, are off a little bit. Cause that, that's what I'm sensing. Um, I think the interior is, is starting to come together a lot better. Um, and I think Andrew's holding his own. I think, you know, right now, I, I think, I think Orlando, you know, just if, if, if he had to go against a premier, I mean, like an ultra premier rusher, uh, I would worry, you know, about that game, about whether or not he'd be able to handle it, just given what I've seen with his feet right now. Great insight there, Joe. Well, listen, we've listen, folks, we've got to get Joe his sandwich for dinner. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I'm not going to have any bologna and sandwich <laughs> between Italian bread. I might have to, I'll do some Italian meats and cheeses. Don't worry. It's all. I'll keep with the uh, with the Italian tradition there. One last note before we let Joe eat. I know everyone is going to be talking about Mahomes' Houdini-like spinorama on the Edwards-Hilaire uh, touchdown pass. But uh, number 73, Nick Allegretti, who's wearing uh, Joe's old number, was the tackle-eligible player on that play and was also open. Well, if you enjoy this show presented by Bat Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.